This is Ellie introducing the state of being and another week of happenings in and around the lives of Chicken Sheds Youth Theatre. We are just at the end of our first few weeks of stepping back into normal, only to find it has dyed its hair and changed its name to not quite the same as before. We need to decide what we want to go back to, what we want to get used to and what we want to make a whole new mould for. So while we get on with that, here are this week's offerings for you. The big question, which explores our perspectives on social media and how it affects our lives. Another interview with a past member of the youth theatre where they reflect on what they remember of their time of chicken shed and whether they have any advice for us as their younger self. We hear about what's going on with Chicken Shed's education programmes and there are a couple of creative interludes from young company members far and wide. But first, let's find out more about your week. Best week, best week, all best week. This week I made a um, tortilla pizza, which was really easy, but I'm lazy when it comes to cooking and it tasted really good, so it was okay. This week... I made honey cake, which was so delicious, but it took a really long time. This week, I made re- I made really good progress on my induction project, and I've felt like it really bonded us as a group, and I put a lot of effort into it. This week, I wrote a poem for a friend. This week, I made really delicious broccoli for lunch. Um, which I never thought I would say, but I found the best way to make it. And now I think I could eat a whole broccoli tree. This week, I have made a lamb curry. This week, the best thing I watched was probably The Social Dilemma on Netflix. It was a bit disturbing, but it was super interesting. This week, the best thing I watched was probably Dance Mums, because at the moment, that's actually all I'm watching. Um, I hate that I've got so addicted to such rubbish TV, but it's really easy to just put on in the background and watch when I'm at home all day, and I love the drama. This week, the best thing I watched was the basic year two induction performance because we all came together after creating this project on the same topic, Lost and Found. So it was, it was like really creative to be able to see like the two like years and how we both approached it. This week, the best thing I watched was The Scoop, a history documentary that tried so hard to be cool, it was hilarious. The best thing I watched this week is Memory Towers. It is a mystery which is based in a boarding school for girls. This week, the best thing I watched was probably old home videos of when we first got our two dogs, um, which was 12 years ago now, so it was a very long time ago. But um, the videos made me laugh a lot. So yeah, that was the best thing. This week, I dreamt about really weird things. Um, I feel like all my dreams were really dramatic and close to real life. and. They were so crazy that when I woke up, I felt more tired than when I fell asleep. This week, I dreamt about my two best friends and the next time we would see each other as as we haven't because of the lockdown. This week, I dreamt 
that I was singing on the stage. This week I dreamt about running. This week I dreamt about nothing. I haven't really had any dreams that I can remember this week and I think that's because my brain has been super busy during the day. At night it's it's time to rest and it just wants a bit of a break. So yeah, I haven't been having any dreams that I can remember, which is quite rare actually. Big, 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 big questions. Big, 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 big questions. Hi, it's Anna here and this week the big question focuses on social media and its impact on our lives. Social media is a huge part of our lives and impacts our behaviour, our social interactions and the way we view ourselves. We are pretty much the first generation that has grown up with social media and experiencing the effects of it. It is so relevant to our age group that it was a no-brainer to include it in an episode. We focused on subjects like the benefits and limitations of social media and how it links to other issues that we as young people face. We talked about how social media is used versus how it can and should be used. You will hear the discussion between Alicia, Thomas, Ellie, Marnie, Louis and myself. I would say now I'm older, I think social media has a more positive impact on my life because especially since like quarantine, I'm using it as a tool for creativity and like connection with my friends. But when I was younger, uh, it like it did make me feel a bit lonelier and did have a sort of negative impact because I think when you're young, you're still trying to find out who you are. And even if and if you don't have the best like school life, then I think it just amplifies that. I think with anything, it sort of amplifies it to a certain amount. Yeah, I think as I'm older, I've got so much more conscious about the positives and negatives on it, of it. So if there's a point at which I'm like, oh, I'm really affected by something that I've seen or I'm spending a bit too much time on my phone, I'll know to take myself away from that and what my sort of limits are whereas when I was younger I think it was more just it was really all-consuming but now I've learned to manage it when I was I think Tom's right when you're saying that when you're younger like I don't know you're trying to find your place might feel like more insecure about the kind of stuff you see like um now for example like I don't know if I posted something before I used to feel like conscious about it but now like I don't I don't really mind that much of like what you put on and like I like the way that I can be in contact with people but equally if I know um, in myself that if I, people only kind of put their best lives a lot of the time on social media and like, I feel like now like I can recognise that whereas before like when, when I was younger maybe I couldn't. In like the probably the last like year maybe, um, social media has almost become aware of itself as something that can be negative and can be positive. I feel like we're saying we're so aware of this because the stuff we're starting to see now is like... Um, but you, people only post their highlights and like careful because this is filtered or this is photoshopped or what, all, all stuff like that. So I think that a lot of definitely me becoming aware of it is two sides of it that I'm actually seeing on the platforms themselves, if you know what I mean. And I think um, that the whole rise of influencers on there when like six or seven years ago, everything would be filtered and everything it would all be perf- their perfect lives, but now they've started to um, open up about their real lives and what they go through, and that's probably more definitely influenced the way that other people have used social media, like, for the better. I think in terms of, like, lockdown and stuff, like, we've just been through, I think if I didn't have social media, like, I would have, like, struggled, like, a lot more because, like, it's it's so easy to connect to people, but also, like, you're seeing kind of, 
what's going on in the world and like the way that everyone else was kind of going through like a similar thing to you so I think there's like a lot of comfort in that um that if you didn't have social media and if you were maybe like disconnected from that like maybe I would have found that like a lot harder I think there's a flip side to that though as well because when I went to uni those that first like couple months I remember seeing everyone all my friends that had gone up north like they were going out all the time and it wasn't that I wasn't going out but I just I felt like they had a much better experience from what you could see online and it was lovely to make sure that you're still keeping in contact with people that have all gone away but sometimes you find the comfort in knowing that everyone's doing the same thing but also you find that you feel very distant from it and you feel very disconnected or that someone is having a better time than you and it's those comparisons that you sort of have to cut out and use it. It, it isn't just a good or bad impact because social media does really depend on your mindset. If you're in a positive mindset, it's something that can be really good and something that can for, fuel your creativity and make you more sociable. But then on the flip side, it can have a bad impact because you might be scared to message your friend because what if they leave you on read or what if they take hours to commu- uh, message you back. So I just, I wouldn't say it's, it's such a complex thing that there isn't just a good or bad impact. I think for me, the impact has been better overall, but it it's more of a balancing constantly. And I've had a lot of friends who have deleted social media because at that moment in time, they couldn't deal with it, but then they reinstall it when they can. So I think it's just managing it almost. Is it a thing of like teaching someone to manage themselves on social media and be aware of how it's affecting them? Or is it something that you learn over time and that's, just as okay like is it because I think social media is such a key part of all our lives now and you see that the users are getting younger and younger so there's a new wave of how can we use it positively and how can we use it negatively and how can we teach people to use it in the right way themselves but also not take from it the wrong things I know that probably only in um in like recently I've learned to manage it in a way that it can become a positive thing by like changing the sorts of accounts that I follow on Instagram and like um, just getting rid of accounts that I know that the pictures that I was seeing, they weren't real life and it was never going to be tangible for me to live that lifestyle because I'm not a celebrity or look like that because like it just wasn't never going to happen. I wasn't going to get cosmetic surgery. So I was following these girls who just were like untangible and like, I, that I was never going to live that life but then that makes me feel like that's the type of life I should be living to be happy because they look so happy and only recently I realized like I don't actually need to be following you because I'm not that interested in what you're doing and it's just making me feel rubbish you also kind of have to look at yourself and go well what am I posting on my feed because by having a social media account we are all perpetuating the issues of creating this perfect image for ourselves and all your pictures you're smiling and you're happy and you look great and so like you yourself are perpetuating that, that, that issue, even though you think it's little for yourself. And so I know I was having this conversation with a friend at uni and she has an Instagram account, but she doesn't post on it. And she was like, for me, you know, I'm seeing what other people are doing, but I don't want to start the pressure of myself to make sure I find the nice pictures to post and all of that. And so there's two sides, I think, of how you limit social media it's what you consume and actually what you produce as an as a user 
not even just about what you're seeing, but about what you put on your, about yourself. Because the second you put something on social media, like it's up there for so long now. And like, you don't know whether you'll be able to take it down or not. And like, I remember being like, when I was younger, like that's why I was really taught to be careful. But then you have stuff like TikTok now and like stuff like that, where people are far more open than they, they've ever been before. And it's like, okay, for now it's like fine. But like, where's the line? Like, is that is that going to still be around in a few years that it might like come back to haunt you or something like, like you don't really know what is going to happen. I think like, I don't know, it's just like taking a step back sometimes and just checking like you are being like safe and everything. I did a lot of looking into echo chambers and how they sort of affect us as a society. I don't know if it was with chicken shed. We looked at it one year. I can't remember. Um, but it was really interesting because you end up on social media getting into this bubble of you follow people that have the same views as you your friends so you know grown up in the same area you know everything's very tightly bubbled and then you're like influencers that are quite similar to you or oh I want to be a bit more like them and so you get into these bubbles that as marketing as far as marketing is concerned those influence will be you know one influence will be perfect for advertising for this clothing company because they know that all the people that follow that influencer have something in common and it might be their clothes and so you end up never seeing the bigger picture as well with social media that I find scary because as much as you see so much you see so many different things and things are advertised to you you are in your own little bubble and if you found someone completely different to you and went on their social media and who they were following and the adverts they were getting it would probably be so different to yours and it's knowing how to branch out and to see things a bit bigger rather than getting just trapped in your own cycle of who you like and what you want to follow in real life you're always meeting people that are different from you and you're going to be working with um people who don't have the same views so um i suppose it then goes to show that social media isn't real because you're able to um cater to what you want to see i know so many of my friends who are like labor supporters during the last election if they saw someone post something about like conservative they would just unfollow so like that's so interesting that they actually don't want like a different point of view on their feed um and I think Anna what you were saying is that like you hear people have like the same views as you and like you're kind of hearing responses from people who believe in the same things as you but and in real life you meet people that's that's where the link was in real life you meet people who have like so many different opinions and come from different backgrounds but literally the fact that if people were seeing stuff that was supporting a different party than what they believe in they were literally pressing unfollow like they're not letting that those voices be heard on their social media which is really interesting I think. I do use as a tool that I just posted because I think wow that's a really nice picture of me and that might be a bit narcissistic and might be a bit vain but I do think it does make me feel better when I post and I'm saying I'm not saying, well, like, look at me because I, I don't edit my photos or I don't put the best picture out there. But still, for me, that is probably my best self in a picture. And I do feel, and I'm, I don't try to make it unattainable because I, what I, I make sure, because I wouldn't post like an amazing outfit on there because I want my outfits that are really amazing to be seen by people. And they'd be like, wow, your outfit's really amazing. And then not to see on a screen first. I want that sort of gratification of your friends saying it's your face. I think... For me, it's always outweighed what Instagram or the comments on Instagram. For me, though, like, I don't really post. Like, I don't use social media. Like, I, I don't post things. I don't feel the need 
like, if I want someone to give me a, like, a compliment or something of, you know, what I've done, I'd prefer if they did it, you know, in real life rather than just comments on a post. I know for my close friends, like, if they post a picture, I feel like I have to comment, even if, like, not in a rude way, but even if you don't think that is the most beautiful picture, but you just feel like you have to comment, whereas in real life, like, those things are much more genuine. I'm very blunt on social media. People always say, like, oh, you're, like, you're angry at me because I, they'll be, like, joining me up. I'm like, yes, where, when? And then I just won't continue the conversation. But that's because I don't particularly like to spell. I'm not a great speller. I've got dyslexia, so I haven't really... I've never really used it as well of commenting. I will probably say it to their face, and that's the way I've done it because I'm not really tech-savvy. I'm not really good at, like, wording something writ- written down. I never have been. I'm much better speaking. So I do think I learned a lesson that... Because I would do stuff, and I would be, oh, that's, like, mis- misspelled, that's incorrect, or it comes off rude or it comes off harsh. So I've realised over time that I'm better in person than I'm on social media. I think with the question of why do you post things, like there's also the question of why don't you post things. Like I'm sure there's, I have thousands of pictures in my camera roll and they don't all go on Instagram. So why, like there's probably more reason why I don't post a picture than why I do. Um, like I might have every intention of having like an amazing day and like uh, really want to post it for all the memories but then I end up looking at the picture and there's there's loads of reasons why I, I don't post it because of how it's lit or like I don't look that great or someone's blinking like then it then the then you realize the reason why you post these things is because actually because of how that little square looks I feel like I'm speaking about Instagram a lot but that's just because it's the one that like I use the most and that's just like personal reasons of being overly like like judgmental and like scrutinizing everything about that image but at the same time why don't you post something we're all in the lucky situation in my opinion in the lucky situation that we're not influencers because i'm sure if then you were an influencer and you had those like tens hundreds of thousands like millions of followers there's so much more reason why you don't post something everything they post gets commented on. I can't imagine what their messages look like. Where's it going to go? Like, I'm 21 now. I have pictures from probably when I'm about 15 on my Instagram. Am I going to have those pictures on the same Instagram when I'm actually, like, 45? Like, is my Instagram just going to become, like, an actual, like, 15 to, like, 45 feed? Or, like, do you think that there's, like, an expiry date to it? What will my social media be like in, like, I don't know, like 20 years, will we still be using Snapchat? Will I still have like someone I haven't spoken to since I was like eight or like 10 like on my like social media, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think with age, it will become like a love letter to yourself? And you'll be like, oh, my 15 year old self. I think as you grow up, you do realise that other people's opinions aren't as important as your, what, or you don't view them as importantly. So I do think it's something that comes with age. I feel like I'm realising that now. Social media, specifically, I think Instagram is such a massive part of, um, our generation's life that none of that conversation even considered the fact it might not exist and literally as we were talking about it, I started thinking about like before my generation MySpace and like Bebo and like I'm not that old I'm not old enough to have had one of those accounts <laughs> but like they just don't exist anymore and people don't use them and it's so interesting that like in our heads there's literally no way and because even in my head there's no way of like 
a platform like Instagram just disappearing and not existing and us being like the adults in like um like 20 years time telling like our children about it and being like oh when we were younger we had this like yeah it's like when you actually said that like it did actually like make me kind of sad like obviously um like there are negatives to it and we have spoken about that but ultimately like I do like love social media and I, I can't really like I don't know I can't Im- I try to imagine myself now like not having like Instagram and stuff and like even though there is it is problematic there are problems with it it is like such a part of like like I don't know like who like we are kind of like as a generation So the next creative interlude is, in our opinion, beautiful. Chicken Shed has worked with practitioners all over the country and in other countries to set up sheds, organisations which are built on the Chicken Shed's foundations, but which can find the right shape for the young people of that community. There are sheds in other parts of London and other parts of England, and there are even sheds in Finland, Russia and New York. During this creative interlude, you will hear our shed friends from New York talking about what their chicken shed means to them. Chicken Shed is this awesome theater program that accepts anybody who wants to come in. Anyone can join and feel at home there. It's kind of like a chance for people who might not normally get to do theater to like get to experience it and it's really important because otherwise they might never know what it's like. It's for anyone. It doesn't matter where you're from or who you are. You can just, it's a place where everyone comes together and has a lot of fun. Also, you can make a lot of friends with people who you probably wouldn't be able to be friends with if you weren't in Chicken Shed together with them. It's a big, huge family that we have, and it's great. I love it. Chicken Shed is fun. Like a circle of people who put their differences aside to just have fun together, be happy together, do stuff together. You won't be turned down because like at a lot of schools auditioning, but here you don't have to audition and you won't ever be turned away or turned down. You would get a chance to be heard, a chance to be understood. The ideas of your performance should only come from you or your friends, the people in your community, your chicken shed community that have either really creative ideas or struggles and you just put that into a beautiful show. 
Chicken Shed really builds your confidence of how you perform, of who you are as a person. This program has changed the lives of so many kids and make them so happy every time they come into the door. For the time that you're in Chicken Shed and after two, you kind of, it's like everything around you just looks better. I think like once you're having fun, it makes it easier to learn new things and like try harder because you're already in a good mindset. So like having fun is the first step, I guess. Our, our community really does need Chicken Shed because although the idea seems so simple, where everybody can join if they want to, it really, it seems like not a lot of places are like that. I feel like I kind of understand people a little bit more. People at school are often kind of forced into the role of who they are. Even maybe you like who people think you are. More often than not, it's actually really not who you are. You can't really change often because people will just be mean to you because that's how school is. In Chicken Shed, you do, you get second chances. You get chances to be who you are. Well, I think maybe that like fear is a way to bring a lot of people together. gives you a new perspective. It makes you feel safer because you do really start to realize that we really aren't different. We're just all humans. Hi, this is Marnie. Next, we are going to hear from Kenny Nicholson, who was part of Chicken Shed about 10 years ago. He studied on the education programs and since then he has had a career in the performance arts and now has moved in a different direction. We asked him what he remembers about Chicken Shed and what advice he has for those of us who are still deciding what we want to do with our lives. Hello, uh, my name's Kenny. Well, I studied at Chicken Shed doing my foundation degree between 2008 and 2010, I believe. I have very recently changed career. Uh, just last year, in fact, um, before that, for about 10 years, I was a singer and a dancer, working on cruise ships, traveling the world, absolutely loved it. Um, but now I work in HR. So a complete career change, um, work for a global company and work on people operations and working on inclusion and diversity. I love Chicken Shed. My brother actually got in there a long time ago as part of the youth theater and then um, and I came and watched one of the shows, and I loved it. And and then it was it was kind of a no brainer. I I tried to get into some of the drama schools. They said they wanted me to be older. 
I didn't really fancy taking a gap yard. So um went for chicken shed as well. They said yes. I was very lucky. And I was very, very happy to make that decision. I loved it. Favourite chicken shed memory. Dancing to Perfect Woman in Royal Albert Hall. That was pretty epic. All of the galas are pretty incredible. All of the shows, love the shows there. And I love the learning and the, the deep conversations we used to have and just the life lessons that I got from it. Love being on stage. I love making people happy. That's part of it. But yes, I auditioned. I remember my first audition. It was quite funny. I remember talking to them and saying my name, etc. And then I completely forgot the name of the song I was going to sing <laughs> until the music started playing. And to which I just started singing it straight away. And I think they found that so funny that they felt sorry for me and hired me. And that was my lucky break. And then the rest is history. Started from there. I've always felt very, very comfortable on stage. Really enjoyed it. Every, t every time I get onto that stage, I enjoyed it. The whole thing has been a highlight. Traveling the world has got to be the highlight for me. As much as the performance was amazing, I, I would go to sleep in China maybe and wake up in Japan. I love traveling and my career allowed me to do that. So I was very, very happy with that. Uh, quite difficult to leave family and friends for long periods of time. I'd be away for nine months. Rehearsals are intense. You're learning maybe 13, 14 shows in two months. A lot of hard work goes into that, um, trying to keep the team positive. I also manage the teams so um, and help teach the choreography, etc. The start of any career, I suppose, is um, can be quite overwhelming. But you have to just kind of take your head out of that bubble and realize that, you know, there there is an end and that end is a positive one. I wanted to try something new. I wanted to settle down. My whole life had been traveling around the world. Um, so it was very difficult to get a house and to get a mortgage. I've now managed to do that as I've changed career. And now I work in HR. So this was quite an easy change for me in the sense of I love people. Always have, always believe in people and always want to make their life as easy as possible. And people operations really allows me to do that um, and make a difference to a person's day at work. I work quite a lot with inclusion and diversity. My degree at Chicken Shed was inclusive performance, so it's clearly um, tied in quite nicely. I always really enjoyed that aspect of it and the world is in a current state where it's definitely being looked at. I think it's been, as, it, as in the inclusion and diversity is high on every company's list with the Black Lives Matter movement, which I think is really exciting and really positive. It's changed 2020 from being one of the worst years to being potentially a year of change. And I think that's because people have had more time to reflect, time to think and sit back and know what's right and what is wrong. And I'm very hopeful that we're going to get to a better state. And Chicken Shed started that really, learning that everybody is an individual. It's it's hard to put people into groups and you shouldn't put people into groups. It doesn't make sense. And that's what, what I'm heavily involved in now. Adjustment from Chicken Shed to performing, that was quite difficult. Going from a space where everyone should have the opportunity to 
be on on the stage to perform to to show their ability to being judged in 30 seconds just by how you look um, in an audition quite a dramatic change um, but that is where the world is at at the moment I know auditions are getting better I, I'm still in touch with quite a lot of companies that run auditions that hire singers dancers etc and I know they're giving more time to to auditionees and they're looking at how they how they hire their next singers and next dancers so more of a a day of it rather than here's 30 seconds sing me eight bars and let's see what you like. So I, I think it's improving. Um, I always talk about the bubble. Sometimes people get themselves into such a bubble that they can't see outside of it. And it's important to talk to your friends to help maybe pop that bubble or just see outside of it and see that the world is a huge, huge place. And your issues, there's no issues that are that bad that you can't get through them or, or that you can't get advice to help you on them or that talking about them won't help them. I always love, if I'm in a bad place, I'll always go and look at the sea. And at the moment, I'm not as lucky to be able to do that every day. It's something very calming and leveling about the sea and just reminds you how small you are in this amazing world. And if you're that small, then your problems are that small. Stay healthy. What on earth is going on here going then? On. What's, what is going on? This week we hear what's going on from Chicken Shed's Head of Education Programmes and Projects, Jojo Morale. This is Jojo. For lots of you that don't know me, I'm the Head of Education at Chicken Shed. So part of a big team of people that are trying to keep Chicken Shed's beautiful education system going. What is going on at the moment? All five year groups are back in the building and creating. We're really lucky that we are able to do that because we do have such small courses, um, especially our degree course, which has about 90 people compared to other universities where they've got thousands and thousands per year group. We are able to continue to deliver practical on-site learning for our students. We're very lucky here and we're working very hard here to make sure that our students are able to still develop their skills. Inclusion more than ever is needed at this time and we're working in education to find the opportunities that are in COVID. We can find new ways to reach more people. We've got an outreach and community arts module for our FD year twos. Our year ones have started um, a movement um, for their module 101 presentations and their movement is focused on what in our society needs them the most, needs them to raise awareness of the difficulties they're facing the most. And our BA students have been split into their two groups and they're starting to explore issues and they're starting to identify target groups who again need need us to maybe raise awareness and start conversations about issues. Our BA students have been split into their two groups and at the moment they're researching target groups and they're researching issues and they're trying to find who in our current society might need theatre to raise awareness about issues or difficulties they may be facing. So at the moment, our students are really, really busy. I find it really weird using the term students because when we do talk to them, we speak to them about the fact that they're inclusive practitioners. They're spending their time with us 
developing and learning in a live theatre how they can best spread inclusion. That That's the goal, to spread it. And we are also starting to accept applications for the next year group. So if you know anyone or if you are interested in either studying on our BTEC course, our foundation degree course, or our BA top-up course, then all the information is on our website. Please follow us on Instagram. So we're Chicken Shed Education. But thank you for listening to me. That's it for another week. Remember, if you have any feedback, we would love to hear from you. Just get in touch with Chicken Shed in the usual way. Just before we go, there's one more chance to hear some of our young people talking about their lives and loves. thing about my brother is when I fall over he's always there to look out for me even if it's just a tiny scratch. My sister is the best sister in the world she always makes me smile and laugh. We are nice to each other most of the time but well I'm more nice than him. He is fun and can be happy at times. He is fussy with food like mushrooms and pepper. Um, He's mostly fussy with German sausages. We normally have a lot of hissy fits, arguments and stuff like that. And that's actually good for when we're bored, it makes us do something. I would miss playing with him if he wasn't with me. Um, She tells me to get out of her room and I really don't like it. She has a lot of sass for an eight-year-old child. When we grow up, I hope we still play and bake cakes together. Without my sister, I'd have a lot more free time. Without my sister, I'll feel sad and lonely playing on my iPad by myself. Um, Being able to share experience with my sister and teach her about things like um, fashion. We love to sing outside together when we put the clothes out to dry. Without my brother, I wouldn't know what to do. So it actually makes me happy when we're kind of next to each other. When I'm older, I would definitely, well, he's kind of annoying at sometimes, but I will miss him. So maybe if he lived next door to me, then we could sort of communicate, but not fight at the same time. Without her, I would eat so much as I could. When he loses, oh my goodness, he throws the biggest tantrum ever. I like her honesty, and also she gives me little riddles I have to solve, but I don't. We can have a laugh together, and he's always, I always know that he's there for me when I need him. I can't do anything without him. Without Charlie, I wouldn't be able to wind anyone up every day. Well, the best thing, well, we always be together. Uh, one day we'd get a house together. We can just do what we want every day. Well, well, drinking and going bingo. He's a lot better than me at basketball, which is annoying because I quite enjoy it. <laughs> Even though I'm older now, whatever age he is, He'd be younger still. He's got a lot more money than me, and I don't know where he gets it all from. It just comes out of nowhere. <laughs>